This is Up the Creek, the definitive Jonathan Creek podcast with your host, my good friend Daniel Krupa and me, Gav Murphy. Today, we're rubbing shoulders with drug runners, dealing with voodoo and saying farewell to Maddie. So on this podcast, we talk about Jonathan Creek via the effect, the method, and the reveal. Daniel, what is the effect of the three gamblers? The corpse of Frank Geiger, his brain blown into 27 pieces, somehow comes back to life and scales a set of stairs. I still see this face, like sometimes in nightmares. It's so grotesque and horrible and brilliant. I mean, how does he look like that? When they introduce him in the kind of the prologue, he looks like the Crypt Keeper. They're really good at finding disgusting, grotesque old men. I don't know how they do it. And the makeup department is fantastic as well. They do a lot of work with teeth, just like making oh, teeth, teeth look are, minging. He's, he's, he looks undead at the beginning. I don't know if he it's, looks better as a corpse. I hate it. It makes me uh, It makes me feel so sick. Also, just his name, because I, I think of H.R. Giger. Yeah. When um, she talks about them in the pub, there's three of them, uh, Floyd, Joe, and Giger. Yeah. Oh, Giger. <laughs> oh, which one's Giger? Is he the mad-looking one? <laughs> I always really like it when, in anything like this, we're like, how did you lot come to be involved together? How did you find each other? How does that um, happen? It's the British pub. It's the great leveler of British society. <laughs> it's where a young um, failed boxer can meet the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, I do like this episode. For Matt, you know, it's Maddie's last episode. I better like it. Uh, but it's a very, very strange one as well. There's lots of odd stuff, which we obviously will cover. Yeah, um, there's a lot of elements to this. But yeah, the, the main thing in the, at the front of it is. Uh, it's kind of like a drug deal. Is it drugs? It's drugs, right? Yes, it is drugs, yeah. Right. A drug deal gone wrong, um, kind of, and they turn on one of the people in their group because he's so disgusting and, like, tries to sexually assault one of the other ones. Yes. Um. So they... He hits him with a poker in the back of the head first time. Then he shoots him a bunch of times. This man is dead. Um, and then they put him in a... Uh, in a What is it? Like a... The basement. Dungeon. Basement, Cellar. yeah. In this and very then, remote country yeah. house called Frog's Hollow, mm. which is in the middle of nowhere. This is where they were meeting up to organize the potential drug deal. For what reason? I have no idea. Because these people, it's not like it, anything bad would happen if they were meeting up in a flat. No. Then it's not, they're not high level drug smugglers, are they really? This Although they are get... going to, they are going like, this is an international business. Yeah, this is why it's kind of a little bit messy. Because it's not as if they're just doing a drug deal in Frog's Hollow that night. They're yeah. meeting up with Geiger, who is putting them in contact with someone else. And these two guys, Floyd, Joe, and Karen, are going to yeah. go to Haiti to do yeah. a drug deal. So the drug deal is not even happening when they meet Geiger at the beginning. It's no. to set that up. So it gets quite... Yeah. It's a bit more elaborate, which I think is a little bit messy. It is quite messy. because I think you've got to have all that um, because the piece of paper that he's got with like the name of the dude the on contact. it. But essentially guy essentially they're trying to cut out the middle middleman and Frank Geiger yes. is the middleman. Um and that's where you need to ha- I guess that that's why you need to have that going on because they've basically have gone, right, if we just cut him out, we don't have to deal with him on and presumably look at his teeth and have the threat of him doing something disgusting. Because he's he is 
on edge and they all on edge going to meet him uh, i guess the fact they're meeting in this remote cottage doesn't help but he's he is unhinged from the second that he walks in like he's very threatening as soon as they walk in the handover will take place here and that's when you'll get your pocket money questions nah i'm just thinking if we had the big money man's number we could ring him up ourselves so if you're not a bother need that sense of humor, Wheeler, when I decorate the ceiling with your brains. But what's weird about that is, is when you first watch this, you think that's the first time they're meeting him. But then we find out they're all busy mates down the pub. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. It's really strange because you see the flashback of how Karen meets Floyd, mm. which we'd later find out she's an undercover cop. So she's yeah. there on purpose getting in with these people. But they've had loads of nights in the pub together. Is Geiger at that table when they're all talking around the table? But is she presumably behind the bar? Yeah. So he's, she's definitely met him. Yeah. It's weird. It's as if they'd never met him before. That is quite messy, actually. I kind of don't get that. Um, but yeah, then we, we get onto the method, which is they are in the middle of the countryside, in the middle of nowhere, and it is hammering down with rain at the time of Geiger's murder. And then a river burts his banks floods the cellar, and then the body of Geiger, which they've just chucked in the floor, floats to the top, and he gets stuck with his hands sort of on the bottom of the door. So it looks like he's crawled back up the stairs, but actually, he's just floated up there. I quite like it. Yeah, it's It's, it's obviously like a mad coincidence. Because obviously the water subsides, and it, it... Yeah. It's one of those accidental mysteries again. Something's happened and you've and you've ascribed the fact that he's come back to life and tried to crawl his way out. Yeah. The fact yeah. that he already looks like a zombie definitely acts, adds to this effect of him being undead. Also, when I was watching this time, I noticed that, like, Floyd, sorry, Harry Peacock. Oh, but he's awful. He's terrible. And he's got a lot to do in this episode as well because he's got to be the one that believes in zombies, essentially. But he even, like, the first thing he says going in is like, he's not human. <laughs> like, why are you setting up this thing that he cannot die? Well, yeah. Oh, Joe's like, what do you mean he's not human? We go to the pub <laughs> with him. We play, we play darts with him. He drinks pints of bitter and eats nuts just like the rest of us. He is human. He's got drunk on half a bottle of this whiskey. You know he's human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a really strange thing as well, isn't it? Oh, he's just necking whiskey from the bottle. But yeah, we so they've written down the name of this middleman on this bit of paper uh, and ripped it. And he's died with it in his hands, I think. So He puts it in his pocket. Because while, yeah, yeah. while Guy gets passed out drunk, I think they go, mm. oh, let's get the name of his contact. Yeah. And then Geiger takes it back and puts it on his body. Again, that's one of those little details that I think exists. Instead of just taking the book or whatever. Yeah. It exists to give us a clue. Because it it disappears the name on it, doesn't it? It disappears, yeah. Um, And then also when Maddie and Jonathan come to look at it as well, it's... The, the cigarette cards from this album, which is in the Mm. bottom of the basement, have also risen up as well. And they're all... So Dennis Compton... Yeah. <laughs> cricket um, legend. Cricket legend, Dennis Compton, yeah, uh, which is quite good. Like, kind of strange how Jonathan becomes involved in this. Um, it's his birthday, and he wants to go to, I, like, I assume, like, some kind of cool underground magic club. Mm. Uh, There's a bit of crap, um, but he's having a brilliant time. 
can I tell you how much I enjoy Jonathan's reaction to magic while he's slightly pissed? Yeah, he loves it. It's called subverting the form. It's what keeps any kind of culture alive. And with all the rubbish, you get fresh ideas. It can be very exciting. He's a few pies deep, and Alan Davis does a really good little drunk face where he's like, he's really impressed by a couple of tricks. He really likes it, yeah, because it's like this weird sort of uh, like avant-garde, like almost like comedy, like a bit punk rock magic going on. Alternative magic, yeah. Alternative magic, yeah. Um, with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Hattie Hayridge. Hattie Hayridge. Holly from Red Ho- Dwarf. That's wild, that is. Now, put your hand in your left pocket and whatever loose change you have in there, place it on the table. And tell me, sir, is that your banana? Is it bollocks? <laughs> now, put your hand in your right pocket. That's it. And open it. Thank you. You may now applause. But yeah, this, this lady... Uh, Karen, she just turns up at this club. How does she know he's there? This is what I was going to ask you. <laughs> I don't understand why. Because later on, we know Karen is an undercover copper. Yes. And she's trying to infiltrate this drug ring. Yes. By being stationed at the pub that Geiger's going to. That's how she must be there originally. Yeah. And then she's trying to flirt and get in there with Floyd. Mm. So if she's a copper, presumably she knows about Jonathan Creek. Yeah. If she wants to enlist his help, why go on to him under the pretense? Why not? Why doesn't D.I. Nathan, Nathan Gallo go for him? I just don't know. Yeah, that's true. I, like, Bolsa, that doesn't answer your question about knowing where he is, unless she's keeping tabs on him. Yeah, or like, you know, someone... We know we know that these uh, the police are talking about Jonathan yeah. because other people have given other detectives tips to go see him. So maybe that's happened. She's done that. But I guess... You think Ken Speed... Yeah, Ken. Do you think he puts me on the interweb? Intra- <laughs> internet. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair though, she could have just gone around the theatre and gone, Oi, where's Jonathan? They've gone, Oh, it is someone has just told her they've gone to this little the, the trick joint. Because if it is also if it's a coincidence and she's deep in undercover, she still has time on a Friday night to go and watch alternative magic. Yeah, because it's really strange. She's obviously getting him involved because they need inside Floyd's battered up old boxer's head is the name of this connection is this name of this middleman um so she needs like it's fine that she's like okay well jonathan can explain to him that it's not actually witchcraft and voodoo and it's okay to say the name yeah so maybe that like obviously that 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 all works out i like it it's just really strange like obviously it exists for other reasons as well so maddie can see Jonathan climbing in the back of in the front of the car with a new lady. Yeah, um, he kind of goes along with that quite quickly as well, isn't it? No questions asked, was it? He's, yeah, right. The, like, there's a cut. I guess like weird reveal in this because the reveal is a hostage situation. One of the reveals is like a hostage situation. Is is this the first time we've had something you would describe as an action set piece? Yeah, for sure. Maybe um, it is, and I do like. How, what it gives Jonathan. I like the creepy guy, undercover cop, the guy impersonating a police officer. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's really yeah. good. He's got, like, he's um in a bunch of stuff. It's like, I think his name's, like, Ing- Lee Ingleby or something like yeah. that. Um, And he always, he, like, used to crop up when he was younger like this in lots of different things. So there's a really good scene that he's in. He's in, um like, one of the most 
memorable spaced scenes. The scene where they have like the pretend shootout with the kids. Mm. What? You know what? I do not know what. Take a wild guess. Um, it, is it is it because I sang the music from the Cure advert? Oh, I remember that. It's too oily for crows. <laughs> you think this is funny? No, no. Because I guarantee in about three minutes' time you will definitely not be laughing. He's the drug, the kind of drug person in that that they're shooting out against. But now he is obviously like a lot older. He's become this sort of weird actor that turns up as like the father, um, like the a slightly older sort of put upon father and stuff. And he's really good in the. He's really. That... He's in season four of Line of Duty, and he's brilliant. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah, yeah, he's really good in that. I like him. I like him a lot, but it's weird to see him so young in this. So the the the, the, the kind of mechanics of the, the the finale is they go back to Frog's Hollow to examine it, and when they get there, they're surprised there's not a police presence. Yes. But that's because the police officer's been killed by one of the guys who works for the, for one of a better expression, the European drug cartel. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's there to keep an eye on it. I have no idea. I think they- They what use they say, it often. They use it often, but I think what they said was, I think the money or the drugs is still out there somewhere and they don't know where. Right. So, they think, so I think maybe he's gone there because they think, okay, maybe it's something to do with that it's there. Um, but yeah, he's murdered the- He's managed to murder the policeman, but not before the policeman can get off a call saying, uh, there's a really weird dude hanging about. I think he might murder me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, if the point of that police officer was there to guard it, fine. If they want to surveil it, just be further back and hide. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good surveillance, it. just being in uniform inside. <laughs> Full copper on the beat uniform as well. I know. <laughs> it's a really strange one. And that's the thing is like, what... Has Jonathan and that worked? Has Jonathan worked it out? Or I think he's pretty much worked it out once they get there. I think. Right. Okay. I think this is one that Jonathan pieces together pretty quickly once they get there, and he starts seeing the cricket yeah. stickers. I think he yeah. does get it pretty quickly. Um, I think the solution is quite quick in this one because there's a lot of other stuff going on, mm. um, especially with the undercover Karen, because yeah. Maddie figures that one out. Yeah, I like that as well. It's really like, good. Maddie has an epiphany in this episode, and it's prompted by Adam asking her for um, a bottleneck on the Savante. Yeah. Which is a guitar slide on a hidden shelf in a, a magician's table. Yeah. And she realizes, oh, I would never understand that specialized vernacular. Yeah. Just as um, Karen shouldn't know what a Soco file is. Yeah, and it is really strange because Maddie, even in the same way that we've heard Jonathan before saying, I've heard something, but I can't quite put my finger on it. And she's like, what is this something you say? It's like something that's niggling at you. And like, that's yeah. what is happening to her. I'm glad. I am not sure it was planned, but it's cool that she has that moment in her final episode. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Don't we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, no, that is quite nice, actually. Because it's, it's like, it, I wonder if... I, it, it is played that Jonathan does know that. It would have been nice to play as if Jonathan didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, a bit more. But he's just standing behind going, I knew all this. I could have told her all along. But it is nice she worked it out. Well done, her. Uh, <laughs> it's, it is a strange reveal because you do have the reveal of Maddie working that out. But then, yeah, you do have this like proper like showdown. Um, and like Jonathan, who's learnt uh, from Ricky Jay's book cards as weapons he's learned how to throw a card um so it hurt someone but 
it is uh it is strange where you like you just see him go he dash actually he's he needs to look quite cool where he goes get ready to fire uh, <laughs> so i think he does look cool as he's walking off and it does yeah. the reverse shot and he's got the card palmed in the back of his hand yeah it's just what follows there's no cool way of staging that without spending a lot more money yeah and like that that card is all rubbish because if you think about it jonathan's been very heroic at that point and he's very yeah. confident he can do it that's why i don't like to say when he says he's kind of balls it up because he was yeah. aiming at his balls because he's been quite brave though i think and he does look quite yeah heroic. absolutely that is i so there's a um a poker player called chris ferguson who does a lot of magic tricks with cards and stuff like that and like i've seen him split open like fruit like hard fruit with a card so that i guess that is possible to do that's that. definitely not a trick um but like apparently when he was shown on it was shown on this is the thing it was shown on the poker channel there was like a thing that he could do because he's like good at doing stuff with uh with cards so i really hope that it is real um but because i the only way th- i couldn't find this video earlier when i was looking for it why would they be showing a magic trick on the World Series of Poker channel? He's fooled them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, but, but, but Jonathan nails it, I think. Yeah. He saves her. It is good. I'm glad him being able to now use cards as weapons doesn't come back. Because <laughs> I don't need to see that every week. <laughs> it's his Marvel moment. It's... Uh... <laughs> It's kind of strange, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's from a different type of show. But it's good. He he steps in and he saves the day. Um, the one the one thing I can't get my head around in all of this though is yes, Maddie works out that Karen is an undercover policewoman. Why does she seem so annoyed by it? Yeah, she the way that she talks to the um, chief she- inspector, who also has the best hand signals in the game, is like two scenes where he's doing these wild hand signals all the way through it. Why, like, she seems genuinely pissed off that Floyd is now going to be heartbroken. I almost think the episode needed an additional reveal or something because it's quite an unsatisfying episode in the sense that there's no real motivation because nobody's done anything intentionally. No. It's just a weird fluke of events that's created this mystery. There's not a murderer. There's not someone trying to fool someone else. No. And the way that they unmask Karen, it's almost as if she's the killer. Mm. She's just doing her job. I don't know if also, Manny's just a bit annoyed at her because she was a bit jealous of her momentarily. I don't know. Yeah, but also, like, the whole... Um, the actual staging of that, it's just done in a little corridor. Yeah. <laughs> it's really odd. But, like, like the chief inspector even has to, like, go, yeah, okay, we might break a few hearts, but if we get down to the truth, then it'll all be worth it. And they're played as if they're the bad guys. But it's like, remember, Floyd's a member of an international drug cartel. Also, fairly competent police for once. Yeah. Just doing their job. That's true, actually. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's a bit of a strange reveal. But it is nice that Maddie is the one that, like, gets to do the reveal. That is quite nice for a last episode. You know, it wasn't until the last minute I twigged what it was. Last time we were here, that hadn't quite gelled. Sorry, Miss Payne, could you hand me that soccer report behind you? How many people outside our game know soccer stands for scene of crime officers? 
It's like expecting me to know what a magician's Cervante is. And yet, out of a dozen files there, she went straight for it. I'm sorry. Okay, we've talked about the effect, the method, and the reveal, but there are other elements which make up every Jonathan Creek. Um, <laughs> started, oh, actually, yeah, the Victor Meldrew Award. I don't have much for this, for the un most unbelievable scene. I guess you've got to put the card in it. Yeah, I've put Maddie eating a life slug. Oh, yeah, that was That's crap. That is a bit of a... How is she not noticing? Jonathan, you appear to be taking leave of your senses. Possibly, but I'll just put a live slug in my mouth. No. Oh! 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 You bastard! How did you let me do that? You would know by picking up a slug. Not, you wouldn't not be able to put it in your mouth, eat it, and not notice it was a live slug until Jonathan said you're eating a live slug. Yeah, unless the only thing that I was thinking is, was it that um, she's not actually eating it? He's just said that and, and she put, just believes him. It's freaked it's her out. It's putting her thing, maybe. The other one, I thought Lizzie Gillespie being in the audience at Jonathan Ross. It's a weird oh, it's a, yeah. It's an unbelievable. It's I can't believe I've ripped off her trick and she happens to be in the audience to call me out. Yeah. It's a little bit too convenient as a com as a sitcom situation. Also, that bit is really strange anyway because the uh, the whole backstory to this is Adam Klaus is up for an award and he's yeah, trying to B plot. There's a lot of subplots in this. Yeah, and he bits. he's trying to work out if he's won it, but also try to put himself in the best light with the people who are deciding it. Um, and he's going on Jonathan Ross, a chat show in the UK, and then she turns up in it. But I was like, oh, okay, well, the point of that is that she shows him up for stealing tricks, which means he's not going to get the award. It has not one jot of influence on the rest of the story. No, because he's already won the Lifetime Achievement Award. So why does that why does that exist? I don't know. I don't know. If he if he's been publicly shown as someone who steals tricks, then he's not getting a lifetime achievement award. The magic also, society they're gonna take it off him. Also, we never get Jonathan's reaction to him doing that. If I was yeah. Jonathan, I'd be furious that That's a really that. good point. Well, because also part of Jonathan's job would be preparing what trick he would do on Jonathan Ross. Yeah, that's true. So what has has he gone off? script yeah that's know. a bit weird isn't it it is kind of really horrible to Adam because I know he's a sex pest yeah but he's always been presented again I've said this so many times on the show it only works for me if if Adam's actually a good magician mm. and you can f forgive him for being presenting tricks in a certain way but he seems to be successful he seems to be popular even yeah. if off stage he's a bit of a dickhead stealing someone else's material makes him I think it's like one of the worst things you can do as a magician is appropriating someone else's methods or tricks yeah. without creditation. Magicians mm. are really good at crediting people with moves. Yeah. Like, if you ever watch any magic videos where they explain how stuff is done, they're almost meticulous at citing, oh, this is this move mixed with this move and using people's surnames to credit moves. The fact yeah. that he does that is the lowest of the low. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? I bet it's a really good like feature to be had in because I've watched, I think I remember watching a documentary or a TV feature or something about stand-ups talking about people stealing their material. 
Um, I like there's been some famous cases over the years where like really really big stand-ups have stolen from smaller stand-ups, and these are the ones who are. Well, there's you know, some stories of them lurking at the back of comedy clubs doing exactly, exactly yeah, thing, yeah. Uh, and like, I bet it's a really good feature or something for like magicians who are like, ah oh, shit, this person has done that. But also a lot of that could be coincidence as well. Yeah, it. it I I don't really get this storyline because it doesn't have an effect on the the awards on the magic awards no and nobody ever mentions it again and if anything it just lowers my opinion professionally of adam (laughs) and then that reflects badly on jonathan yeah creek not ross yeah (laughs) national treasure jonathan ross um things that stated the most uh reference to hellraiser 3 hell on earth (laughs) that is weird isn't it because obviously that film would have been closer in time to this episode 99 but yeah. that's not a film that gets cited much as a as a, well. I know we do, but that's odd, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. It's that just because uh, we've done quite a few of these episodes now. There's not mm. a lot of cultural references to films. No, it's not. If, if, it's not like it's not littered with them. If you're not counting Pucker, no. Uh, <laughs> as a cultural reference um i think we had a little Zeitgeist. bit of last we had a little bit of it last episode actually but the reference to like voodoo and witchcraft stuff that's what mm. they call it <laughs> voodoo yeah. and witchcraft stuff and like floyd and uh karen while they're in haiti like they he he's like didn't feel take long for one of the witch doctors to fill his head with all that voodoo and witchcraft stuff like hang on you can't it's either one thing or the other you can't just check it all in as one ah oh, mad absolute mad he wrote these back to back didn't he yeah definitely because we got a witch doctor in both of them all this reference to voodoo and stuff it's odd I've really also odd. put dated the most um, using Woody Allen as a role model <clears throat> yeah that's definitely dumb. but then also to be fair I feel like and this. I've put that in the grot cabinet. That's like very apt that Adam sees Woody Allen as an inspiration. I think he'd be one of the Woody Allen truthers. They'd just be like, nah, nothing to it, nothing to it. I feel like he would definitely oh, still be. Why are you saying that, that Adam? Yeah. <laughs> it's always like that when everyone's just like, hey, I think we should just forget about it and move on. Check his hard drive. Check his hard drive. I don't think uh, this comes about. We just talk about Adam, but um, Adam's weird. Um, bathroom set gift that he gives Jonathan. I like that yeah. Adam doesn't have like the Paul Daniels magic set for kids. He has yeah. his own bathroom gift set. And what and there's a giant dildo in it. Is there? Which they don't which they don't get out, yeah. Along the line like along No there's not. It's gotta it be is. a loofer. Well I think it's meant to be like a massage uh, thing, but it's just a giant oh. dildo. Uh, but also I couldn't find it. It's definitely on the iPlayer one. It's definitely on the Netflix one. I feel like I've seen a scene where Maddie uses, like... Uh, what? No, that's what, something uh, else you've seen. This <laughs> is this fan fiction I've been writing. No, I feel like I've seen a scene where Maddie uses one of those, uh, inverted commas, like, massage tools, massage wands. You sure this um, wasn't an issue of Nylon Jungle? <laughs> I feel like I have. I don't know. I feel like there's... A, but, because it Maybe is in remember there. remember him badly. And they don't refer to it. It's really strange. Um, well, that most British thing, I, like we've we've touched upon it actually. Jonathan Ross, um, yeah, like, actually. well, I never thought I'd be saying this on network television. I really didn't feel the banana going in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about the other one? Uh, I think I see where you're going now. You want me to unzip and see if I recognise what's inside? <laughs> In case you're wondering, ladies and gentlemen, you're watching George and Mildred on UK Gold. <laughs> <laughs> 
and there we have it. And you may applaud. They may applaud. I don't know if they will, but oh yes, there you are. Very big here in the UK. Like was really, really like very famous Saturday night uh, British talk show host. Um, and now like it's done like some documentaries and things like that. Never. And I don't think he's massive in America. No, but I, all American celebrities must know him because he is him and Graham Norton are our equivalents. We don't have a late night talk show every night, but they are yeah. Letterman, Leno. Yeah, they're our, our equivalent anyway. But John Frost has been around since the eighties. Yeah, what's he in? What's he up to at the moment? Well, he does have a talk show on ITV, but I don't think people watch it anymore. He doesn't still have a talk show. Intermittently, it's on ITV, but oh my god! I wish because he, he didn't highlight when he started doing documentaries and stuff. Because yeah. he's famously a huge nerd and he's got an mm. immense comic collection and he's incredibly knowledgeable about popular culture. I wish he'd just do more stuff about that. Yeah. Did a gr- um, the great documentary where he goes with Neil Gaiman and tries to track down Steve Ditko. But it's also yeah. just a documentary celebrating the work of Steve Ditko. For a while, when I worked on official Nintendo magazine, Jonathan Ross became this face of Nintendo. So mm. I think it was just when the 3DS was coming out. Um, and he was in a lot of the British adverts and a lot of the British... He was like the face of the 3DS. Like he presented a bunch of different stuff. And so I got to go interview him Um just before the Golden Joysticks Awards once. Like, such a massive nerd, but such a lovely dude as well. Mm. Um, but, like, proper, proper nerd. Which is, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because he's not, I, I I guess, I don't know if that many people know him. It's a really weird thing as well, where it's like, in, which sometimes happens in animated films, where they'll get, like, a cameo in, but that cameo will be based in, will be localised. So, uh, in... Like, Andy Peters is in Toy Story. Yes! So in, I think it's Shrek 2, there's a scene where fucking Shrek or Donkey or whatever go into a pub and the person, one of the ugly sisters is um, is serving drinks. And in America, it's the voice of Larry King. Um, and over here, it's Jonathan Ross. So if wow. you saw that over here, yeah, it's really strange. Really, really strange. You know, um, in <laughs> this is something I don't know why I know this, but you know, in uh, non-English speaking countries, a lot of the time, like Italy and Spain, for sp- things like that, and for just films in general, they use European footballers. So, like PK does a lot of like PK is a main character in that um, Ardman animations Pirates. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, this is t- wild. If you tell me. Andre Pirlo is Wallace. <laughs> I think I think I I'll dig it all out and show it to you. But yeah, um, it's really strange. They use like European footballers for it. So when you go to watch it in the cinema in Spain or Italy or France, you would have all these different uh, footballers voicing main characters in TV shows. That's wild. And movies, yeah, it's mad, absolutely mad. But yeah, that Jonathan Ross in most British things. I don't really have much British that I I put the really shithole pub Adam plays in at the end. Yeah, that's a good one. Because it's like different that. than some of the other pubs that we've had in the show. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of the one near work, even though that's like a cool shit pub now. Yeah. It's decorated there's, in a similar way inside. There's one a couple of doors down from uh, Dalston Junction, um, which is open really, really late and is disgusting. It's a rough pub, that one Adam's playing. Proper rough pub. But do you know what's really weird about that, though, is when she says, when Jonathan's like, oh, because 
the, the idea is that Woody Allen on the night of the Oscars goes mm. to play jazz uh, in a club rather than go to the Oscars as this sort of like big show. Jonathan's like, well, first of all, it's not a small club. It's a very famous jazz club. Jonathan seems to know the pub that he's going to be in. Yeah. Why not go <clears throat> get him? What, why does he, but why does he have that reaction? He was like, no, no, it couldn't be. He couldn't, he wouldn't. And then he just shows him in this pub. He's like, why does he know that pub? Maybe, um, maybe Jonathan's a bigger boozer than we think. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just someone that he likes to go. Uh, telling someone to piss off. I think mm. that's a very British thing. You don't really get that. Um, also, as well, piss off has really gone out of like fashion Currency, to say. yeah. Should we bring piss off back? I think piss oh, off I piss is very off. good. I'm a big fan yeah. of piss off. Piss off is good, yeah. Piss off. Piss off. Uh, yeah, that's really, really good. I think that's all I've got. Yeah, that's all I've got for most British thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Few things in that I thought that weren't all right. Two of them straight out of the bat, very early on, from the same character who plays one of the magicians on stage. There's he's doing a sort of bit with a doll, um, and says like, oh. and one of them makes a joke about it forcing it. He says that she was hot for it. Yeah, um, that's so weird. On. I wonder if they're actually at the time whether they're other just actors or whether they were jobbing magicians. Well, the one I recognize guy- one of them. Yeah, the one guy is in Pullin. The main guy, he's in Pullin, and he's really good in that. That is a brilliant BBC comedy show, that is. Um, and he also, when Maddie faints then, and he's trying to tell him not to move her because he'll paralyze her, and then he calls her a cabbage when they move her. He's like, oh, great, now she's a cabbage. Yeah. That's not all right, is it? Also, good callback to Maddie being, um, even though she's faking, Maddie being overwhelmed by gore, which yeah. we had in Black Canary. Yeah, yeah, that's good actually. And she also she sells that really well. Yeah, um, but then it, that's almost there to serve the plot at the end where she's faking fainting. Then, uh, yeah. But also, that was another thing at the stage in the end. She goes, "Oh, if you messed up, Jonathan, you would have shot me." He's pointing yeah. the gun at Jonathan at that point. Adam being upset that they're giving the best male act to a drag act. Yeah, because um, why wouldn't that qualify that for be- best magician? TV magician, male TV magician. Yeah, that's not on. Um, oh, um, Deborah Kadabra. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a great name, to be fair, is it? Uh, you would actually be gutted if someone called Deborah Kadabra. I lost someone called Deborah Kadabra. Because that, not much uh, work has gone into that one. Um, someone, and this, you know, around the time, this was going to, we didn't know how bad this was going to be, but. Someone who is generally quite naughty, really lauding their charity work, like Ooh, going on about their charity work, good. like because, as we well know, very, you know, in sort of recent years, people who were working at the BBC at the time, big into their charity, absolutely despicable people, and you know, used it, uh, used it as a way as to a sort of almost, yeah, as a mask to all the horrible stuff they were doing. Yeah, I think charity you being used like that is not very nice. You see that quite a lot. You'd be like, oh, but just so people who are quite naughty can I go, oh, but what about my charity work? And then you do see it as well when, especially like when someone does something wrong, be like, oh, well, what about all the stuff he does for charity? That's all going to stop now because you lot don't want him to do this. Uh, that's all I've got. So is that all right? You got anything so, else? Yeah, I'll put it in here. Mm. Is Haiti, as mm. in like lots of popular culture, only being used as the land of voodoo, zombies, and drugs? Nothing else <laughs> that country is known for. And That's it is really not on. It is the like, I think it is where 
a lot of zombie folklore comes from. But in right. popular culture, that is all Haiti is. You'd be gutted if you were Haitian. If you were yeah. Haitian, you'd be gutted. Or earthquakes now. It is really sad because it shouldn't, people like that shouldn't get to, you shouldn't get to dictate from it. I guess it's the same with like, we talk about all the time because like your family from the Ukraine, but like anytime you see the Ukraine in anything, it's fucking disgusting. Well, it's either grim or radioactive. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an absolutely beautiful country. It's yeah. like, no, it's a concrete jungle. It's fucking it's, disgusting. And I it's mean, glowing. Bit, Bits of it are near Greece and Turkey. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's really not all right. You got anything else for that? Nah. All right, let's... Oh, let's actually, no, one more oh, thing, one go more go thing. You've got Jonathan Ross as a guest yeah. star, and they basically call him a wanker. Yeah, that's kind Adam, of odd. Um, yeah, Adam says, talking of wrist action, Jonathan Ross called this morning. <laughs> calling him a wanker. He is calling him a wanker. I think and that's not a wanker. Taking We've the covered that. your guest star. Uh, hopefully they were friendly and it was quite good. But I, I, I do like having him in it. That's quite a nice. I thing. wish it's they'd like, done more of that. Yeah, I think it goes back to what we said in the other episode about if this was on today, you probably take more advantage of them moving in those circles because that's a really good way you could have got more guest stars on being themselves. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. But especially that's the, yes, the thing you could have had famous people coming into it playing themselves at. Ah, uh, yeah, it would have been great. I really good Richard Wilson's never in this. Yeah, that's mad. Maybe he just didn't want to. Yeah. Uh, it was too unbelievable, even for him. Uh, all right, let's open up the grot cabinet then. Geiger in general, but... Yeah. His, like... It's not even a proposition, but him trying to force himself on Karen, saying, get your hands off her. He says, it's all right. It's why mine was strictly a hands-free operation. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's like... Grim. Uh, Maybe she can warm us all up. Oh, come on. I would have broken cover. I would have broken cover there and then if I was uh, Karen. Just shot him, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Gav. Uh, he's being a creep. He reminds me of, you know, in that old BBC um, animated show, Monkey Dust. Oh, yeah. Oh, the paedophile. He, he reminds me of the paedophile in that. Um, like just all grotty and horrible with his like long fingernails and horrible oh. blah, it's minging uh, yeah so him in general I've put uh, it's not grot as much as this fun innuendo when bear in mind last time we've seen them they were just slept together it's Maddie saying come back to my place blow out your candles <laughs> again Renwick has never had sex blow out your candles okay <laughs> <laughs> I love that as a little bit of crap innuendo, but definitely Renwick is a virgin. <laughs> Renwick is a virgin. <laughs> that can't be the slogan that comes out of this podcast. Imagine if we do get into it, be like, oh, can you send me a couple of episodes? I'll have a, don't listen to any of it. Don't, don't listen, listen to Don't listen to anywhere. 17. Yeah. Because <laughs> they call you a big virgin in it. Um, oh, I got nothing else for, for Grot Cabinet. You want to close that? Yeah. Close that. And the final Jonathan Creek and Maddie Magellan romance update. And it's not a good one, is it? No. Bear in mind, in the last episode, ends with them having sex and being intrigued about doing it again. Yeah. Because they both initially say, oh, that felt weird. But they're like, mm, we were tired. So they yeah. almost want to explore it a bit further. Maddie mm. definitely wants Jonathan to come back to her place after his birthday. Yep. 
and it just doesn't happen. It's just frustrated. It doesn't. Yeah. Like Maddie is still, she, she's jealous of the other woman. See Jonathan yeah. leaving. And it just doesn't go anywhere. I think there's a really sad shot in this. And obviously you, you invest it with more meaning. But when mm. they're walking across the field together, yeah. it's a really long distant shot. And it just feels sad to watch knowing what comes next. It really does, yeah. And like it's quite sad as well because like he's round her house knocking on the door and she's ignoring him on purpose. And then the next day she's like, Yeah, I'm sorry, I was being a complete arsehole again. Um and That's it. It's almost like they've this is the rut they're in. Do you know what? For a second because it is quite nice as well, because you've got the witch doctor argument as well, which is just really badly written to the point where it's just like there's no way that Maddie could possibly think that those are the lyrics to the Witch Doctor song because they do not make any sense or sound like what is said in the song. But it is like a nice little couple's argument back and forth. Yeah, he says, um, you'd argue black was blue. Yeah, I like that. I like all that. Um, For a second, I genuinely thought, and I don't know if this is just me and because we've been examining the relationship, I obviously do not know what I thought at the time. But like, when I was watching this, I was like, is Maddie going to go shag Adam? Because she turns around, she sees Ma- Jonathan yeah. getting into the um, <laughs> car with No, Karen, I agree. And she's going home with Adam. It's not beyond yeah. the realms of possibility. Yeah, no, I, I thought the same watching this episode back for this podcast. There is, mm. it's almost all the elements of a line for that to happen there. Yeah. Or Adam would be in her plat when Jonathan goes to knock on. I know it's sad and obviously it's a, pur- it's a plot purpose that Karen needs to get it needs to be by yourself with jonathan we need to see all that but it is kind of strange like maddie wants jonathan to come home with her but he's like no i might catch another one of the acts but if then, i wanted to have sex i'd be like all right i'll hang around as well I'm like yeah. okay i'll have another drink and this then we'll go back and shag birthday, but also it's kind of sad for her because he says he wants to stay around and watch some more magic immediately he's leaving with another yeah. woman yeah yeah also if it's one of those cases they always do them together call maddie well, I think that's what he tries to do. Yeah. He tries to go around it, doesn't he? Yeah. And then she has seen him leaving and then he's knocking on the door, unfortunately. But it's at cross purposes. They'll always be at cross purposes, Gav. But that's it. That's oh. what we've that's that's what happens now. All that we, for nothing. We never see them again together. It's a sliding doors moment that from now on. What could they have been? The only thing that I, I can possibly hope for is that when this podcast is out, people fucking uh, like right to your private right to your member of parliament yes get get Change bring it back yeah get it back we need maddie and jonathan like and i hope they do it like the x-files does as well like where it's years later they're together um, or do special editions of all the next season where you put maddie in <laughs> it's, just, it's just but they've just, taken from old episodes it's just her cropping up going you bastard <laughs> But yeah, like I think we are gonna have to come up with the with a category like what would Maddie do? Would Maddie have made this episode better? All this different stuff because imagine if they got married, it's, it would have been way we're, better. We're gonna get onto that a lot, but I just I feel sad for what happens to Jonathan in a world without Maddie. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what upsets me about the episodes to come is I don't like Jonathan as much without Maddie. But I think as well he's found his perfect partner. Yeah. Um, and whether that is, you know, just because you found your perfect partner doesn't necessarily mean that you ha- it has to be this crazy big sexual relationship in there. Like you've just, it could just be a really lovely friendship that they have. Well, he says you know? it in the previous episode when the 
attempt to have sex for the first time and yeah. it's in the middle of the afternoon he says maybe we were just a meeting of minds yeah but I mean some people don't even ever find that i think it's just because i i don't i guess at the time they didn't know that this was her last episode yeah so and if they did would they have done something different with it who knows oh i'm just getting irritated about thinking about what's coming maddie loved the man who lived in the windmill that loved magic yeah she loved him for who he was and what did she get for it written out never spoken of again <laughs> that's not an end is it that's it she's gone and as of this podcast going live maddie mcgellan still hasn't been given the ending she deserves but there's still time and we live in hope what comes next carla borrego (laughs) 